0: Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Jared, sure good to have you and Laura and all the kids with us. Incredible how the Lord works, huh? All right. Well, we're going to talk about Jesus' relationship with his Father. And I'm going to say this a couple times because I really want it to sink in. His earthly life. Jesus is an example for each of us, the secret of how to live a new life. So pay close attention to what uh, Jesus says here. little bit of review. Pastor Jared uh, closed uh, last week with a divine appointment that Jesus had at the Pool of Bethesda. A guy had been there for 38 years or so and was totally paralyzed, could not move, could not get anyone to help him get to the pool. And here comes Jesus. Do you want to be healed? And uh, Jesus healed him physically, but there's evidence that he was healed spiritually. After he found out who Jesus was, he hightailed it back to these religious leaders, and he said, it was Jesus that set me free, he wasn 't afraid of those guys, and their response was uh, just blew my mind here. this guy has been trapped in this paralyzed body for thirty eight years, and how did they respond well they didn 't give a rip about him. All they cared about was that he was healed on the sabbath, and just a review of verse sixteen. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and they sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. And then verse 18, because he said that God was his father. He's making himself equal with God. Well, a miraculous miracle, without any doubt, showed that that's who he really was. So this is the incident that turned the corner for these uh, religious leaders Uh, bloodhounds of hate, they were now on the trail of Jesus. They were sniffing him out and trying to find accusations against him. And they do that until they stand below the cross when Jesus was crucified with their arms folded. They're after him. Note the contrast. If you look at your notes, the Jewish leaders are fixated on religion, rules, regulations, rituals, keeping the Sabbath, while Jesus was not fixated on religion at all. That literally, in a sense, had nothing to do with who he was or what he was doing on this earth. Just the opposite. Religion is man trying to reach up to God. Jesus was on this earth, being God, reaching down to us, becoming one of us. So he put everything on his love relationship with the Father. That's who he was, and his love for mankind. So as we go through the gospel, I want you to note, as Jesus lived, he lived one of the most attractive, powerful, beautiful, joyful, wonderful lives that any Human being has ever lived on, on this earth. The Bible says he was anointed with the oil of gladness. There was a quality about him, a joy emanating from him, a peace as he walked through this earth. a love flowing through him while it attracted the common people to him mark twelve thirty seven says While the religious leaders hated him, the common people, they heard him gladly. They began to open their hearts to him. The remainder of this chapter that we're going to look at is Jesus' defense, his defense before these uptight religious leaders. We'll see the simplicity of the secret of his life, what produced in him a life that was so powerful and beautiful, what is this secret? Well, we're going to look at that this morning. In the following defense we will not only see why Jesus healed on the Sabbath, but we'll see the very foundational principle that governed his entire life. And that was his love relationship with the Father and his love for mankind. Jesus defends healing on the Sabbath. He has five statements that he's going to make, and we're going to look at those this morning. We're going to back up a little bit. The first statement begins with verse 17. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles up, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, and he's speaking to the religious leaders. He says, my father has been working until now, and I've been working. So that first statement, number one, Jesus' life was a perfect reflection of the Father. What's he saying to them? Well, truly the Father works on the Sabbath. The the sun rises, the rain falls, the crops grow, the blessings flow, life is sustained, and the Father is watching over his children all the time. 24-7, Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4 goes like this. Our God, he who keeps you, well, he will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber or sleep. With that in mind, Jesus is saying to these religious leaders, the reason I do what I do is not based on religion, but it's based on who I am and my relationship. With the Father. The issue is singular. My Father works on the Sabbath. My Father loves people on the Sabbath. I simply reflect Him. And this is where it gets interesting. This is where it really gets interesting for you and I. The Bible says that Jesus' earthly life is to be an example for everyone who believes in Him. How so? 1 John 2.6 the New Living Translation. Those who say that they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So let's look at the way Jesus lived his life. Jesus perfectly reflected his Father's heart. He's our example. Now we, though we will never be perfect like Jesus was, though imperfect, we can grow in our love for the Lord and become more and more a reflection of him. More and more like him. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory while we're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. And it comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You and I, as we fall in love with Jesus, we can reflect his life, his glory, more and more. In fact, the more you love him, the closer you walk with him, Why? the more you'll become like him. It's a miraculous work of the Spirit the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who lives in the life of believers. Jesus' second statement. We're going to jump to verse 19 for that second statement. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do for whatever He does, the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. Number two on your notes, the second secret of Jesus' life, his dependency upon the Father. Literally, he says, my whole agenda is simple. It's to be dependent upon my Father moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. I just watch my dad and what he does. That's what I do. Well, this is really interesting. Paul gives us a little bit of insight into Jesus, who is the God-man. God eternally, God the Son, became one of us, became a man wrapped in flesh and blood. And Paul talks about that in Philippians chapter 2, and he says that Jesus somehow set aside or emptied himself of all his divine prerogatives, power, privileges, abilities that he enjoyed in eternity past. He, He set that aside to become one of us, yet without sin. So here we have Jesus, 100% God. Kenny Poor would put it this way, when Jesus you have God and a bod. 100% man. We don't understand that. But listen carefully what this means for us. Jesus performed the miracles that he performed on this earth and lived a perfect sinless life on this earth because he was in continual contact with his Father and he was continually empowered by the Spirit moment by moment, every day, all day, every moment. In that way, Jesus' life is an example for you and I how we can live the Christian life. Paul would say to the Galatians, as they were wrestling with trying to live religion, they were being drugged back into the do's and don'ts, and Paul says, oh, don't set aside grace. Live for Jesus. We're going through that on Wednesday night. It's a great study. In Galatians 5, 16, 22 through 25, Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit, well, you probably know this, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those who are in Christ, why, we've crucified the flesh, the old life. We've died to the old life. And if we live in the Spirit, well, let's walk in the Spirit as Jesus did, our example. So let me ask you this. Today, as you got up, how many of you paused to sincerely pray, Lord, I want to give you this day, this moment, my life. I want to be in total dependence upon you to those who prayed that prayer as you started your day or any day, I would say, "Ah, oh, very wise grasshopper, you have chosen well. <laughs> You've tasted of the Spirit and the Spirit gives life. It's really so simple. It's not about religion. It's all about relationship, a love relationship with our Savior who loved us and gave himself for us. And do we pray? That's the whole issue. If I pray, I'm saying, Father, you know, I'm I'm getting up today. I'm not sure what the day has before me. I've got some plans, but I want to put them in your hands. and I want your will to be done. I want you to be leading and guiding my life. Or You're going on a trip. Lord, I just ask that you would watch over us. I ask that, that you would take care of us. I ask that you would nudge me by your spirit in the right direction, that you would inspire my thoughts as I get into your word, that your word would, would fill my heart and your word would God guard my heart. And the solution is simply prayer, walking in the spirit. Paul termed it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He says, just simply, he says, I just want you to pray without ceasing Really? Yeah. To walk in the presence of Jesus who loved you and gave himself for you. Well, Jesus goes on. The third statement that he makes, verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So number three, Jesus' security was in the Father, and the Father alone, in the love that the Father had for him. So think about that. Jesus, our example. What a day you will have tomorrow. If you, like Jesus, just simply say and pray, Well, the Father loves me, Jesus loves me, and He's going to provide everything necessary for me to live this day and to walk through this day and the wisdom to navigate the day successfully. And not only that, He's going to be taken care of tomorrow too. He's going to be out in front. So here's Jesus. They're rejecting Him. He didn't care about the rejection or the hatred. The Father's love was all that he needed to be in the Father's will. The Father's love anointed Jesus with that oil of gladness, joy. The hatred, the bitterness, the rejection, the animosity of the religious leaders couldn't touch him. He walked in the Father's love no matter the circumstances. We can have the same walk. How simple our life will be if we, like Jesus, we don't find our security in what this world does and what this world thinks, but in what Jesus thinks of us and how he loves us. That's our security. So I've got to ask you this question. How much does Jesus love you? My paraphrase Of Romans 5.8. When we were at our rottenest and vilest. This is what God said. I'm so in love with you. That I'm going to send my son to die for you. And to pay the price. Of your sin. And then Paul goes on in the next verse. Verse. child of God. You've responded to Christ's love. He says, oh, how much more does he love his children? And Paul lived his life. He abandoned his life to live for this man, Jesus, who loved him and gave himself for him. Paul put it this way in Galatians 2.20. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ, why, he lives in me. And the life that I live in this tent, in this body, I live by faith. I trust my life wholeheartedly to Jesus and his love for me, for he's the one who loved me and gave himself for me. So Jesus goes on, and he's still talking to these religious leaders, He's giving a defense before them of why he does what he does, why he says what he says, why he heals on the Sabbath, why he loves mankind, why he loves sinners. His fourth statement, and it, this is a long statement. We'll go through it, touch on it a little bit. Verse 21 through 26 for as the father raises the dead and gives life to them even so the son gives life to whom he will for the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son you can imagine how this went over with the religious leaders and all that should and all should honor the son just as they honor the father He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Believe me, Jesus is looking eye to eye, face to face, with these religious leaders as he says this. Most assuredly, verse 24, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Most assuredly, so Jesus is really emphasizing this. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is, right here, right now, when the dead, who would that be? That would be the spiritually dead. Those who have not been born, born again, like Nicodemus when he came to Jesus. You must be born again. I believe when he walked away, that spiritually dead religious leader became alive by the Spirit of the living God. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, So he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Number four in your notes. Jesus' harmony was with the Father. He lived a life in perfect harmony with the Father. The Father raises the dead, so I raise the dead. This would be a mind-blower to the Jews, not only for God the Father only has the power to raise the dead. Here comes Jesus saying, hey, I've got the same power and authority that God the Father has. Just like the Father opens the grave and gives life, so do I. Later on in this book, we'll see that happen. Just like the Father receives honor, so must I. If you don't honor me with the same honor as the Father... You don't even know the Father. You're not honoring him at all. By the way, this is a wonderful passage. If you have friends that are being attacked by cultists, take them to these verses. You see, all cults diminish Jesus. They, they say he's less than God the Father, that he's a created being. Wrong dreadfully wrong. And Jesus continues his fourth statement, verse 27 through 29. And God the Father has given me, has given him the authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Now that's a phrase that comes directly out of Daniel's prophecy. The Son of Man, who they recognized as Messiah. Messiah the coming one, the anointed one. They didn't know the full orb of who he would be. But Jesus is saying, here I am. I'm standing before you. Well, this bristled them. And do not marvel at this, verse 28, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Verse 29. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of the condemned. So it's works. You have to do good. Well, no. Remember, we've touched on this already. John six twenty-eight. They came to Jesus and they said, So Jesus, what works do we need to do to know that we have eternal life? What works? Jesus said, no, just one work. You must believe in the name of Jesus. You must believe in me. You must put your faith in me. There's just one work that you must do to receive eternal life. Question. Why does the Father let Jesus do the judging? It's a fascinating thought when you think about it. But what I've come up with is it's because Jesus walked where we walk. He became one of us. He experienced the struggles, the pressure, all that is going on in this world personally. He's tempted, the Bible says in all points, like you and me, except as he walked with his father in a love relationship, he was able to walk without sin. He says, I'm in harmony with the father. I do the same things the father does. In fact, I'm the one who does the judging. His fifth statement, final statement, verse 30, he says, I can of myself, do nothing as i hear i judge and my judgment is righteous because i do not seek my own will but the will of the father who sent me number 5 his submission to the father a secret of his life as he walked on this earth jesus had no program no agenda no vision other than the Father's will. As we meet as elders and leaders in this church, precious church family, to the best of our ability, we know that the one thing, as we pray together and discuss together, the one thing that we must do with God's help is to find out what He wants. To do what he wants done. To not have our own agendas. But to lift up the name of Jesus. And to glorify him in all that we do. I challenge us. To live tomorrow saying. I've made up my mind. Like Jesus. My only desire is to simply do the will. Of the father. To simply. Do the will of Jesus because he loved me and gave himself for me. I don't want to struggle or scheme or work out ways to make life or things better for myself. I just want to give my life to Jesus like he gave his life to his Father. I just want to do his will by the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells my heart. I'm telling you, this is where the Christian life really gets exciting. When you get connected moment by moment, day by day, just praying without ceasing, just like breathing, breathing out the repentance and breathing in the forgiveness and the newness of life. For the Bible says... The way Jesus lived his earthly life, why that's to be an example for us. 1 John two, six, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Jesus' example, the reason I do what I do, Jesus said to these guys, it's not about religion. It's just that my Father loves me and I'm connected with Him. I'm so connected that I do nothing on my own. A love relationship. Put a love relationship in play in your life with Jesus. Look at your notes, the the final verses that we have there. Oh, how Jesus loves you and me and how it's his heart that we would live like he did just in connection in the love connection with him this is the way jesus put it to his disciples john 15:4 through 11 he says abide in me that means just rest just ah relax Trust him. And he says, I'm in you, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For without me, there's no Christian life. You're trying to do it on your own, and that never has worked, and never will work. But as you abide in the love of Christ and he lives in you, God the Holy Spirit begins to transform you into that new person that he's building and working on. The Bible ca- calls it even a poem, a poema, where God's at work in our lives, building a, a life for eternity. By this my Father is glorified. Because when that happens, you're going to start bearing fruit. You're going to start reflecting Jesus. You're going to be changed from the inside out. And you'll be my disciples. And then back to the love relationship. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Rest, abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you. And I love this, that that joy that Jesus had on this earth, no matter the circumstances around him, he says, that's the joy I want to give you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Well, let's close our time with a word of prayer. Would you stand with me? and We'll pray. And- Tyler come up and the secret of Jesus life as he became one of us and walked in this world he was so in love and connected with his father moment by moment we can be so in love with the savior who loved us and connected with him moment by moment if we choose. Let's pray. Father, maybe there's someone here who hasn't made that connection, who has not been born again. May the dead hear you speak and become alive this morning into eternal life. And Lord, we who are your kids, Oh, how you loved us before we even became your kids. And now that we belong to you, how much more you love us. Oh, may that sink in deeper than ever before. And with your help, may that be our heart's desire, as Paul encouraged us to do, just to be men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, just who have a heart to pray. Be connected to the, their God who loves them with all his heart. And to walk through this world filled with a joy that our lives might glorify you. In ourselves, we can do nothing, but trusting in you, oh, we have life eternal and we have abundant life. That's your promise. You said it, I believe it, That settles it. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him.